and welcome to Kitty Talks, the podcast that shows you how to follow your passion and purpose. My name is Kitty Waters. I'm a serial entrepreneur and co-founder of ATL Europe Group, also the creator of Kitty Talks. Our mission is to inspire a generation of changemakers to follow their passion and purpose and make a difference on the planet. All our interviewees have been carefully selected and you will hear amazing inspirational stories from people who have listened to their little voice and followed their purpose. They will reveal bite-sized tips and success secrets that can help you to fulfill your passion and purpose on the planet. Be sure to head over to kittytalks.com and sign up for our exclusive club where you can hear behind-the-scenes footage. These interviews will inspire you to take action. Please like and share so others can have the courage to follow their passion and purpose too. Welcome to Kitty Talks. And today, I can just feel it, I'm going to have an amazing interview. I want to introduce you to Skip. He is the miracle man, and you will discover why, because we're going to tell you over the course of the next hour. But Skip travels around the world, inspiring people to live their best lives, and he's on a mission to make health and vitality completely natural and normal. So Skip, thank you for coming. Hey, thank you very much. I'm very excited about this interview because, like, literally, you burst through the screen. As soon as we first started talking, I was like, yeah, this is going to be a good one. I can feel it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was, you know, what you just said is one of the, 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 the timeless bits of wisdom that I learned from Bruce Lee. Don't think, feel. When we feel, then we're actually back in tune with our body. We're back in tune with what we get to go through life in and a lot of us are going through life um, and I was one of those people where our bodies are numb and we haven't got the body-mind connection you know something gets goes wrong with us and before you know we go into some so-called expert that could be giving us a chemical that can have side effects and I'm not saying don't do that stuff but what I am saying too is learn about your own body learn about your own mind and learn how how the miracle is inside every single one of us. You know, for us to be able to, you know, I don't want to sort of tell people to suck eggs here, but for us to be able to see, for us to be able to touch, for us to be able to taste, for us to be able to feel, for us to be able to move, for us to be able to create, for us to be able to breathe, what put this stuff together? Now, just to sort of like kick things off, we all go around life with these things. And this, you know, these smartphones... Uh, compared to, let's just say, 50 years on the planet. Mm. What we're doing nowadays is mind-blowing. For us to be able to, you know, I mean, just 50 years ago, if 50 years ago, um, which, you know, you and I wasn't even on this planet 50 years ago, if our parents started going around saying, guys, you're not going to believe this, in 50 years, we're all going to be walking around with things like this, and we're going to be able to communicate to uh, people in real time our friends, our family, our work colleagues from the other side of the planet, and we're going to be able to see them on these things, you're going to be like, oh, my God, my parents have gone cuckoo. They are so living in dreamland. Now, the truth is, if you're not living with this stuff, you're left behind. Now, what connects us, like, you know, my computer here is not connected to anything. You know, there's no wires in my computer. So what's allowing you and I to have this conversation? There's something called Wi-Fi out there. Now, 50 years ago, if we were to try and understand the concept of Wi-Fi, or 500 years ago, we'd have got burned at the stake. Because they said, Wi-Fi? What is Wi-Fi? Well, it's this non-physical thing. What do you mean non-physical? Well, you can kind of connect everyone on this, like this World Wide Web, and, and this Wi-Fi, as soon as you've got the code, you can get connected to the whole world. We'd have got burned at the stake. Whereas now, if we don't have a Wi-Fi connection, we can't get connected. And what I'm talking about now is when I say the miracle is within us. Yes. No, we're a mind, we're a body, and we're a spirit. Most of us have got bodies that are numb, bodies that are having aches and pains. Most of us are having thoughts that aren't serving us. And the connection to spirit, forget it. And we wonder why we're waking up not loving our lives, not loving ourselves, not loving the people that we're connected to. So... Uh, you know, I feel grateful to have gone through some of the challenges in life to be able to learn this stuff that is ancient wisdom. This is timeless, um, you know, knowledge or information that when you apply this to your life, you start 
manifest in your dreams. You can take something from the fabric of your mind and you can literally pull it into this reality and you can enjoy the process. And when that starts to happen, you understand that this game of life is the best game in the whole universe. So you're traveling around the world, aren't you? You're making a film at the moment. You're doing workshops. You're helping people. You're helping people heal from what I heard, like from your last workshop. Like, Tell us about the woman who had this incredible breakthrough at your last workshop. The lady you were telling me about who couldn't necessarily hear. Yeah, so, so, so we, I have the fortune of running these retreats all over the world. And what happens on the retreats is... Things happen on these retreats where I don't know happen at any other courses. And I'm really not saying that. And I, and I say to everyone who comes, if you know anyone else who's doing stuff like this or even better, let me know and I'll pay you all your money back because now you've been part of my research team. Because what I've learned is through my own life experiences. This is me plugging into, you call it um, universal energy, divine wisdom. You, you so energy, whatever you want to call it, God, whatever the name is, the name doesn't describe it, but it's an energy. Yeah. And when we plug into that energy, which is non-physical, you know, we're physical beings, we've got physical bodies, um, but without plugging into, like, so, so what I was getting at is we, we, humans created this. Yeah. That, which is amazing. This stuff, you know, we, we're intelligent, you know, for us to be able to create, this is amazing. But what created us? This is the super cool thing. And when you can start to open yourself up to that question, actually, what did create us? Obviously, you know, there's time, there's evolution, there's all these things. But for us to be in a human body, there is such a design, uh, an infinite design behind this game of life that when you get how vast it is, how complex it is, and we will never be able to understand it, Mm. But what we can do is we can connect with it and we can allow it to teach us. So, and this is going to sound so woo-woo-y, I can't even believe I'm sharing this. <laughs> okay, so energy, like let, let's think about the sun because I, I'll explain what happened to this lady and how it happened because it wasn't just me doing the work. You know, people, you know, they, they, as you say, you know, they call me the miracle man and I get people coming up to me now, oh my God, I've got this, can you heal me? And it doesn't work that way. We have to be involved with the process. We have to be open to the healing. You know, if we want a miracle to happen, first thing is we've got to believe that miracles can happen. Mm. That's the first thing. So as the sun beams down energy to this earth, it doesn't just beam down heat. It beams down information that the plants capture. Those plants then are connected to the energy of the planet. Because if I ask you the question, do you think our planet is alive? Yes or no? Your immediate answer is going to be? Yes. No doubt about it. Of course, this planet's alive. And when we eat that food that the planet feeds energy to, and then it weathers different seasons, which as human beings, we have to learn to weather different seasons as well, because it's not going to be sunny all the time, as we all know. You know, sometimes it's going to be pouring. Sometimes the storm is going to come. And sometimes, you know, your home is going to be ripped out because of a natural disaster or because of a disaster in life. And if we don't learn to weather those storms, then we can become victims literally for the rest of our lives. And as the sun beams down all this information, all this energy, when we then eat that food, we're not just eating food. We're eating information. We're eating energy. We're eating life nutrients, life force that feeds this body. And we, th- th- this stuff on this planet wouldn't be able to grow if, th- if it wasn't for the sun. You know, there would be no life on this planet if it wasn't for the sun. So we have to learn to connect to these energies, appreciate them, not do what the mass market is saying and what the press is saying, stay out the sun, you go in the sun, the sun's going to give you skin cancer and you're putting fear in people and then putting fear in them and making them put chemicals on their skin, which those chemicals are going to get inside the body and have a, another effect yeah. on it. So... When we understand that we are so strong as human beings and we have so much potential, and this is what all the ascended masters did, people like Jesus, Muhammad, you know, but all of these great people, they would see the greatness in other people. And I've gone, you know, through some of my um, challenging experiences, I have learned from these masters. And one of the key points is, is you've got to see the greatness in other people. Usually when someone stands up in front of us, we're seeing the problem. We're seeing what's wrong. We're seeing that that person is causing grief in our life. And 
instead of our eyes being the viewers, what happens is they become projectors on our brain. And based on what we think we're seeing, we project the image inside ourselves. And usually it isn't an empowering vision internally. So I've learned to flip the, the, turn that whole thing around. And I really see um, people's full potential. I usually see way beyond their own limitations. And we had this lady come on the retreat. Um, it was over in Spain. And um, we were watching. the. Uh, and one of the first things I said was, you know, I, I knew that she was born not being able to hear. I knew that she'd had about, I think it was six operations throughout her life to try and hear again. And after each operation, she could hear a little bit and then the hearing went again. And she got in, I think it was in her 40s, they basically said to her, look, we can't, um, we can't do any more operations. You've got too much scar tissue there. Um, you're going to have to spend the rest of your life not hearing. And what you've got, we can't fit a hearing aid. And with that, you know, obviously there's this big disconnection from other people, from life, not being able to join in certain things. And, and, and she said she really, really struggled. And it was day two on the retreat. We wake up early, we go to bed late, and I activate people like they've never been activated before. And we're watching the sun rise out the sea, and I'm taking everybody through a sunrise meditation because you can just see something and watch it and have no effect. But if you've got somebody guiding you through a certain process, connecting you to the same stuff that I've learned, miracles can happen when you get connected to this stuff because you go beyond the limitations of the mind. Um, they can enter certain frequencies. And in these frequencies, magic happens. And it's just like, you know, if you've got a radio, yeah. you turn your, free, you know, you, you listen to Radio 1 FM, you listen to Kiss FM, you know, you turn your, free, you turn your dial and you go through these different frequencies and you can listen to different channels. Mm. There's no different in life. You know, we... So that we, channel cleared her, her hearing, is that what you're saying? That that kind of channel or the energy that came through cleared the problems we have with her hearing? So what we do on the retreat is... To explain the full process so you get it. So we live in a physical body. Yeah. 90% of most diseases on the body are blocked tubes. You know, we're blocking our tubes. When we have blocked tubes, our eyesight starts to go. When we have blocked tubes, our hearing goes. When we have blocked tubes, our heart can stop. You yeah. know, blocked tubes stops the, you know, stops the blood flowing around the body. It stops the nutrients, the oxygen. It's all the good stuff flying around the body and feeding the body what it needs. Yeah. And when you've got blocked tubes, you can't eliminate the waste and this waste can build up in the body and suddenly, you know, you might have a, a lump come up somewhere. And, then, and that's basically a garbage disposal unit within the body where the body hasn't got enough energy to get rid of the waste. Yeah. So one of the first things that I have to do is I've got to clear people's physical bodies. So there are processes that we go through um, where we do what the ancients, uh, what like Jesus and Muhammad and all these people who they, they fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Why would they do that? It wasn't because they couldn't afford food or they didn't have food. They did it to get this spiritual connection. Mm. Now, in short, um, about 70% of our internal energy, like when we chew food, when we swallow the food, when our body is now breaking down that food, pulling those nutrients, because all food is, is the shuttle system to be able to get the nutrients that are in the food. Yeah. In to the body. Yeah. So when your body's trying to pull these nutrients out of the body, it's using a lot of energy and then it has to eliminate the waste. So if I stop people eating... Of course, I'm, the energy's not stored, being used up. Yeah. But I'm feeding them live nutrients every day. You know, we've right. got, got our own nutrients. I give them, you know, live juices, you know, cold-pressed juices every day. So suddenly, immediately, their energy levels fly up into like leads where they've never felt this type of energy before. And while all this is going on, I'm cleansing their emotional body because a lot of people's physical pains in their bodies and not physical pains are these trapped emotional energies. Yeah. And when you learn how to move these negative emotions out the body, and this, I mean, there's 49 processes that I take people through in a five-day retreat. It's insane what we do. Fantastic. And you, you, you turn back after the five days and you go like, how do we just do all that? It's like, we literally compress, you know, decades into five days at this event. I'm cleansing the emotional body. I'm cleansing the mental body as well. I'm connecting people to their light body. This is like the light energy that the sun beams down. And we have a light body inside us. And I've proven it. When I snapped my Achilles heel, it didn't make sense for me to get, you know, because when you snap your Achilles heel, you lose part of your, your tendon. You know, the tendon recalls up the leg. Yeah. 
and they have to pull it back down again and stitch it over. And when they stitch it over, you lose a certain amount of, of um, distance in your tendon. Yeah. Now, what they told me was that you're going to get maybe 70% strength flexibility back. Now, that's just dealing with the physical body. But because I know that there's more to us as human beings than just this physical thing, I start dealing with the light body and they told me it was going to take nine months and no word of the lie, three months later, wow. I'm bringing acrobatics to Le Boheme, which is an opera at the Royal Albert Hall. And I bring out the whole marching band and I'm back flipping the entire stage of the Albert Hall. No pain, no nothing with 110% strength flexibility. So I started to play on this stuff with me using my light body and realizing that, wow, there is way more to us than what we get taught at school, what our governments are telling us, what we learn on TV and the news. So using this, this is what I applied, you know, at, at the retreat on this lady and about 20 minutes into yoga, because the way, uh, and a lot of the, the truth around yoga has been missed. You know, yoga has been around for thousands of years. Um, yoga should be the foundation of people's lives where you learn how to breathe correctly. You yeah. learn how to move your physical body and you go up to where there's tension, but then you breathe into the tension and then you release it. And it allows you to, you know, to navigate, you know, around your challenges with more flexibility in life. That's what we do. It gives you a flexible mind, gives you a flexible body, and it allows toxins to move out of the body. So about 20 minutes into, into this yoga session, she just breaks down. She collapses on her knees and she's crying. And when we do the sharing, um, I'm like, right, tears of joy or tears of pain. I, I read into it, you know, and when you plug into these high states of consciousness, you... You read people like we read a book. You know, the body speaks volumes to us. You know, there's so little um, information communicated in words. And when you connect to these energies, the information just comes straight in. And I was like, I said, this, I said, you're going to have to share this with the group. I said, because now I'm watching a miracle happen. And, and she told the story and she said, you know, you guys know I can't hear. I can hear the waves now and I can hear Skip speaking. And she left. Um, she came back uh, for a second retreat and she now has perfect hearing in both ears. Oh, my God. What? My God. This is insane what's going on here. Yeah. So there is no doubt, Skip, because I can just feel the intensity and the passion like coming out of the screen, which is amazing. So there is no doubt that you are following in your passion purpose. So, you know, absolutely. But what I'm really interested in in Kitty Talks is your life story. So that you didn't just wake up one day and, okay, I'm going to be sharing this stuff. Like, how did you get where you are today? For people out there watching and listening, what you're doing is incredible. But how did it start? Like, I know, because um, you and I have known each other for quite some time, I know you were always a very uh, talented acrobat, gymnast, when you were younger. And I also know that you had a catastrophic event. But did, you, did you break your back when you were... What age? Uh, this is when, um, so basically, I'll give you the bullet points because we, I've learned all of my greatest lessons through the biggest challenges I've gone through in life. And what I found is that when you start to uh, ask empowering questions to the universe, yeah. to our creator, to whatever you want to call it, that what happens is um, you're, a stepping stone, your, your next step is going to come. And when I was a kid, I had so many challenges. I was in a coma for three months with pneumonia, cut from head to toe with eczema, was always on antibiotics. My first set of teeth just right away. Mm. Um, went through a family breakup at 11 when, you know, families didn't really get divorced then. I had to go and choose, you know, I've got dad over here, mum over there. At 11 years old, how, you know, who do you pick who you're going to live with when, you know, they're meant to be a team. And, all of that stuff um, had really bad effects on me. And with, you know, on, as I said, on antibiotics all the time, chronic asthma, um, chest infections all the time, allergies to nuts, to pollen, to dust, to animals. Wow. It was, and, no, and no, no one else in my family had this stuff. It was only me. Um, and, and, but there was always something in me that when I asked the question, why is all this stuff happening to me? There was always this little voice was, you're going to learn how to get through this. And when I started to realize that 
like I, I was taking loads of medication and when my first set of teeth rotted they thought it was because of all the sugars that I was taking and what, I remember my dentist having a go at my mum and mum said he doesn't eat sweets and he goes I know what sugar rot it is and this is wow. sugar rot and, and it was all the sugars in the wow. head so I remember having a thought at such a young age thinking I don't understand I'm taking all these medications for these problems and they're making you now my teeth have rotted away and what age was that? Oh, this was when I was a kid. You know, whatever, you know, sort of, te- you know, my first set of teeth, you know, so it was those. Um, no teeth, yeah. And um, I remember, you know, thinking it doesn't make sense. And what did it teach me at that age? Every single medication, and I'm not telling people not to take medication, you know, I could get put away for that. But please know that every medication has a side effect. And what I tell people to do is please read those side effects and read if it's worth going through those side effects and taking that drug, or is it better that you start to actually feed your body what it needs, you stop the poisoning, you start to change your lifestyle, because what I've learned is where we end up in life is down to our lifestyle choices, always, 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 always. And and most of us don't want to take responsibility. We want to go and see a so-called expert who's going to fix us. And it doesn't work like that. We have to learn how to fix ourselves. So And look after ourselves. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things that I was told, because I couldn't breathe, um, I got told that um, to, to, to not do any sport. Because every time I tried to do sport, I'd go and have an asthma attack. And they said, you got to stop all this stuff. Anyway, so we stopped it. And one of my best mates who... He's actually, he went through a lot of the, 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 the um, sicknesses and illnesses that I went through. And he's actually now Captain America's and Troy's stunt double. So, um, and he and our family, you know, we're close. And it was his mum who ran a swimming club and a gymnastics club. She goes, I got asthma and he needs to get into sport. And we were saying, but they told us not to do it. And they said, well, if he doesn't do it, he's going to get weaker. Yeah. So I started to do gymnastics and I just fell in love with it. And I got tipped to be the youngest kid to go to the Olympics for gymnastics. And, of course, I loved it. I, I went in and I told the school. They had me up in assembly saying, oh, my God, you know, Skip's going to go to the Olympics. He's going to, you know, um, you know, have all this cool stuff happen. And then two weeks after that, my mum goes and leaves my dad for my gymnastics coach. Oh. So there oh. goes the family break. So you go. Oh, no. So, uh, so I go back into school. And I tell who I thought was my best friend. And I said to him, I said, look, Mark, I said, I, I, I don't know who to talk about this stuff to. I said, me and my sister keep crying. My parents have just split up. And no one we knew at our school had parents had split up. Um, you know, we lived in a, you know, on a small estate um, in a small town, you know, in Norfolk. And, um, and before I knew it, the, you know, the, that, that had gone around the school and I was the weirdo whose parents couldn't stay together. So I literally went from hero to zero. And, you know, from that, people pick on you, they, they bully you, they, you know, they mock you, they prod you. Um, and because of all the emotional stuff, my weight went up and down, up and down, up and down. So I got to age about 18 years old and I was fat. And wasn't able to do gymnastics anymore because my dad stopped me doing it. You know, he goes, well, I'm not having you go in that, you know, in that place with that guy. You know, that guy's ripped our family apart. And, oh, and I was then with a father who was complaining all the time about life. Um, and, you know, all the sicknesses, all the illnesses, everything came back. And I remember, you know, just like going outside and I hated life. I mean, I hated life with a passion where I hated people. I would do horrible things to people. I'd do horrible things to myself. And, and I just remember looking up and just, I just started speaking to something. I knew there had to be something out there. And I just said, look, I hate life. I don't want to be one of these people who hates life. You know, what has to happen so I can at least wake up in a body I'm proud of. You know, what has to happen so I can wake up being someone who loves life? I see these people on TV. I see these people, and even if they are happy, I hate them because they're happy. But I want to be one of those people who are happy. What has to happen? And the message came through real clear. Go and do what you love. And I'm like, there's nothing I love. And it was like, you love gymnastics. Now, here's where intuition can guide us. Um, And it always will have the opportunity to guide us. But whether we're our body is alive and, and switched on 
or is the body numb because that intuition can come and it can say, well, we're going to go this way. But then the mind will say, no, 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 no. Everyone else is going this way. We, we need to be like a sheep. Let's, let's follow everyone because it's safer there because that's where everyone's going. And you, you can get this, you know, this guidance on intuition, but the mind can then override that inspiration, something that's come from within. Yeah. And I ended up making a decision to go back to gymnastics. It didn't make any sense. I was meant to be going to, you know, university to get a degree. And all my friends went off to university. And cut a long story short, I had a coach um, who is now uh, one of the British coaches, did a year with him. Um, but at the end of the year, because I wasn't ready to compete and, and do all that stuff, I ended up having an accident in the gym. Um, I, I, I lost the weight. I was happy that I was in a body I was proud of, but I hadn't dealt with the emotional stuff. And the emotional stuff started to eat me up. My own mind started to eat me up because it's like, oh my God, I'm nowhere near ready to compete. I'm not going to be a champion. You know, I'm wasting my time. I should be getting a degree. I should, And all this stupid chatter in the mind just keeps going and going and going and going and going. And I took that on a piece of equipment one day, as we do, you know, we take our stresses with us in life and whatever we take with us is going to have an effect on us in that moment because whatever vibration we hold, whatever energy we hold, we're putting out there, which is because we live on a, on a planet where law of attraction is a law just like gravity, what we put out, we get back. Yeah. And I was putting all this victim stuff out there and had an accident in the gym. Um, swinging around a high bar, landed back on the bar, uh, broke my back, um, and got told I was never going to walk again. Oh my god! And that was really where um, life started to teach me because for four months um, I became the worst person to be around. Um, I didn't want people to come visit me. You know, they put me in a machine, so I'm just moving like this every day in traction just to keep the blood supply going up and down. Wow. And, I couldn't escape me. And in that challenge, if I could have killed myself, I would have killed myself. You know, I really wanted life to end because when suddenly you get your physical body back and you start to play in your body and you really start to enjoy it. But what I've learned is that life isn't about being great in one area. Life is about creating balance around all of your life because this happens with a lot of celebrities. You know, I coach a lot of celebrities now and when they come to me, they have made it um, to the top of their league mm. in one area. Yeah. The rest of their life is totally out of balance. And they get masters. They become masters of putting on a face, putting on a mask. Mm. But then behind the scenes, their, their life is in you know, turmoil. Mm. And that's where I was at. Um, but I couldn't escape me. Um, couldn't walk, couldn't move, couldn't do anything. And life was very dark you know when you can't escape yourself where you can't go for a walk in nature where you can't just go down the gym and do something or you can't just get away from things um you learn a lot and um my mum came in one, one one day and she says look I heard about Bruce Lee and you know what she actually said was she said hey I've heard someone who broke his back he came back fitter and stronger than ever, and he was in traction. Mm. Like you. And I was like, who, who, who? And she goes, Bruce Lee. Wow. Mum. <laughs> all fake. Get out! <laughs> you know, I have a lot of fire with me, as you get that, but obviously when you learn how to channel the fire in the right way, you know, you can make amazing things happen. <laughs> but then my fire was destroying everything. And... Um, and she goes, no, this hasn't been in a movie. He really did break his back. He was in traction. And it was like a light went on inside. And it was like, and this is the first point, when we're in that darkness, the only thing we're looking for is like a shimmer of hope. Because when you're in that darkness, when you're depressed or when you're angry or when you're frustrated or when you're, you feel like you're backed up against a wall and you're in a corner and someone walks up to you and says, well, come on, just be happy. You're like, get the f out of here, <laughs> you know, because you can't access that. You want to be able to, but the frustration of not being able to access that fires off things inside that don't feel good. Yeah. And when I started to um, realize that this did happen to Bruce Lee and, and, and I got hooked on it and I was like, mum, 
bring me everything you can on Bruce Lee. You know, and I just started to study him like crazy. Like I did not want to sleep because I started to learn that I'm now being fueled up. And I learned back then that we do, we live in this vibrational universe where everything has a vibration. You know, you can look at concrete under a microscope and it's moving. There's a vibration there. And the more, the, the higher that frequency can be, the more awareness we have of the truth of what's going on. And most of us don't have this awareness because we're living in this tunnel vision through life. And we pick this stuff up from news, from soap operas, from uh, yeah, from magazines, from all of this stuff that comes on planet Earth, but it keeps people trapped in a certain frequency because what you put in is what you're going to get out. Mm. And, and what you believe is what actually happens. Huge, absolutely huge. And... Uh, and that's one of the things that Bruce Lee, he changed within me because I, you know, my first belief was if he did it, you can do it. Yeah. There's no reason why he can recover from this. And, you know, we know how belief systems change people's lives. So when I started to really study Bruce Lee, like, I mean, so much, I think I knew Bruce Lee better than his wife and I never even met the guy. And <laughs> he, um, he opened me up to, his philosophy, you know, when he was talking about, you know, be like water, express yourself, you know, don't think, feel, um, you know, all of these like simple sayings, but they're timeless wisdom. And it led me on to this belief of, and I heard this saying, and I had this saying with me all the time, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're probably right. And every time I was there was that saying, and I was like, I can, I can, I can, I can do this. And what happened was this belief that I could recover came back. Wow. And, I, and as soon as I realized that Bruce Lee was um, studying certain people like Confucius, people like Krishnamurti, you know, these incredible people that have walked this planet. And they all talk about the power of the mind, the body and the spirit. And that when you get all three working in harmony, that's when magic can be born. And it can be, and you don't have to think about this stuff. It's, it's done on a feeling. And, you know, if you're like saying you're creating a, a, an amazing piece of art, you don't think about it. You just get in flow with it. Yeah, and you channel it. Yeah, you, and you channel it, exactly. And through that journey, um, I just opened up my eyes one day and I just knew that day I was going to walk. And this thing just breathed through me. Like, you, you know, you call it channeling. Yeah. I sort of use the expression that, you know, if you open yourself up, life will breathe, literally breathe through you um, and use your vessel as a creative God or goddess that you are. And through that, you can, you know, you can ma make magic happen. And this thing just breathed through me and said, right, you, you're going to walk today. And I realized that the mind can play tricks on us. And that came through intuition. And I learned to follow that intuition there and then because, I, I, you know, to me, it was like, if I don't literally create a mantra to literally encode this in me, my brain is going to talk me out of this real quick because it didn't make sense because we had medical expert after medical expert after medical expert saying, you're never going to walk again. You know, we've seen this injury before. People don't recover from this. And again, that's just another belief system. Yeah, thank you. Um, but these belief systems that these people can, um, that these so-called experts um, can impose on us when we're in a vulnerable state, yeah. take on their belief system. Yeah. And what we know about life is you just have to look at the Olympics. You know, every single Olympics, we're getting faster. We're, yeah. doing, we're doing more and more and more and more. So we're never going to hit a barrier. The idea is we get stronger and bam, we smash through whatever is stopping us from you know, living our dreams, you know, not in a destructive way, but in a, in a, in a, in a creative way that serves a greater good. So I just created this mantra and I was like, I'm going to walk today. I'm going to walk today. I'm going to walk today. And it started to feel really, really good. And this nurse came in and she goes, you're going to what, Skip? I said, I'm going to walk today. And she goes, look, Skip, you know, since you've been like, you know, all this Bruce Lee stuff's come up, you know, you've been around. <laughs> I really like being around now, you know, we like, you know, coming in and, but you have to understand, you're not going to walk today because, you know, you how many more experts do you need to see? And I don't want to see you disappointed. I said, I'm not going to be disappointed because I'm going to walk today. I said, now get me out the machine. And they wouldn't get me out the machine. Um, we had to bring my parents up. We had to sign forms to say that if anything bad happened, it was our fault. Um, and they... 
basically pulled me out of this machine, you know, picked me up, stood me up, and I'm holding these ballet bars, but I've got nurses either side of me. And I just, you know, if, if you, you know, we, we talk about gratitude, and there's no doubt that gratitude holds a really vibration, but you can't think your way to gratitude. You know, you can't say, right, well, I'm really grateful that I can breathe. I'm really grateful that I can see. I'm really grateful I've got loving parents. I'm really grateful doesn't work you have to feel in and you know if, if you when you haven't walked for six months and you don't believe you know for, for four months of that you believe that you're never going to walk again and suddenly you're standing and okay there was two people holding me up but you learn gratitude you know you learn how to appreciate this vessel that we go through life in and the human body is a miracle i mean it's so complex you know we're smart human beings we can design stuff like this but we can't design a human eye no. you know the eyes making like millions of distinctions every single second and what goes on inside the human body is beyond our design we can't design this so there is an intelligence behind this and and i you know, I asked these nurses to let go of me because I said, you know, you holding me up now is making me weak. You've got to let go of me. And they went and asked, if we let go, you're going to fall down. I said, I've got this. I said, you've got to trust me. I've got it. And I'm holding these sort of these, these wooden ballet bars that they brought in. And this is where I just looked up and I just spoke to our creator. And I just said, look, whatever breathed through me and said that today I'm going to walk. I believe in you. I, I'm open for you. Now is the time. And out of nowhere, one leg started to move and step down. And, and you know, I'm, I'm still holding these bars. Yeah. And another step came. And on the third step, my mum just dropped to her knees. And you know, I'm getting like, you know, welled up now, you know, even thinking about it. And, you know, she's crying, I'm crying. And, it just broke me out of that, you know, out of that trance. And, um, you know, that, at that point, the, 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 you know, this is like ironic with life, like the door swung open and um, this surgeon came in and he was just like, you know, what's he doing at that machine? He should get back in that machine now, totally like cut the whole atmosphere. And I just turned around to him and I said, I'm never going back in that machine again. I said, I've learned what I needed to learn in that machine. And, and I said, I don't need to go back in there. And I never went back in the machine. You know, they, 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 get, they got me lying down again. Um, I went, you know, I went home. And the next day I got up um, and I did six steps. And the day after that, I did 12 steps. The wow. day after that, I did none. And it was like, you know, it was, you know, you, I suppose it's like the property ladder. It goes up, but then it dips. And, it can yeah. go up. and over time, if you look at it all, there is a steady climb in that. And because I just, didn't create the inner resistance. You know, what I learned uh, was stuff that um, it humbles me. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, so grateful to have gone through those challenges and I'm really grateful now to be able to teach people this stuff where it's like giving them the code to Wi-Fi, but you give yeah. them a code to our creator. Absolutely. And I can, you know, totally see how going through an amazing, you know, experience like that, you know, horrendous, but amazing at the same time would make you so passionate about helping other people, like you said, open themselves up to what is truly possible. You know, it's phenomenal, isn't it? Like they do studies that they're around um, terminal uh, cancer patients. When they tell them that they're terminal, they obviously then go into, that's what they believe will happen and that's what happens. And when they don't know that they're potentially terminal, they can live because it's the power of the mind and the belief. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, you know, you know Deepak says this now, you know, people aren't dying of the diseases anymore. The dying of the diagnosis of the disease, yeah. and it's so important that um, we learn how phenomenal we are. We think we're weak. We're not. We, yeah. you know, we think that one simple thing happens and all life stops. And the only reason why that happens is because we haven't learned how phenomenal we are. And you know, going through those challenges, um, and uh, and the story gets better because you know from that. Um, I was doing this stuff every single day, you know, meditating, uh, you know, stretching out the body, you know, e e even when I was out there, even though I couldn't walk great distances, I can still stretch. I can still, you know, do things to actually start to allow these pains that we, I mean, so many people get neck pains, 
Mm. And it's tension in the neck and you have to move this tension through the body. Mm. And when uh, you do this stuff consistently, and I mean like every single day, and people say, oh, yeah, but, you know, I'm not disciplined or I'm going to procrastinate. Well, that's just rubbish because if you have an interest in what you do, you do it because you're interested. Yeah. And, you know, no one really forgets to put their clothes on before they leave their house in the morning. Or brush their teeth. Or brush their teeth. Yeah, brush their teeth or do any of that stuff. So the the key thing is, is to find out what you love and to do what you love because then you're going to do it whether you're, then you don't need motivation. And it's like, you know, I ask kids all around the world or adults all around the world, I say, right, honestly, uh, and, you know, I'm lucky I get to coach, you know, tens of thousands of people every year now. And, and I always ask these audience, right, let's be honest now. Hands up, how many of you need to get motivated to go and work out? Always, minimum, 70% of the hands are going up in adults. I ask the same question to kids in schools. They don't even get the question. No, they're, they're like, natural for them. Is it because they're now, because they're still on instinct? But what we started to do is we started to dump stuff in our brains which doesn't serve us. And your brain's just like Google. You know, whatever you type in Google is what it's going to give you back. Whatever you don't, you know, you type pain in Google, you're going to get a whole bunch of stuff on pain. You type love in Google, same search engine, but now you're searching for love. Whatever you dump in your brain is what it's going to bring back up to the surface, you know, when we get challenged. So it's so important that we put the right stuff in the mind. And every day, you know, I'm putting the right stuff in the mind. I'm moving my body as much as I can. Even sometimes if I, when I was lying, when there was too much pain to get up, I could still stretch in certain positions. I could still visualize myself doing things. And, um, uh, and with this sort of ancient wisdom, all this timeless wisdom, all these forgotten secrets that people talk about, it's not what you do every now and again. It's what you do every single day. And by me doing this stuff every day, every day, every day, you know, the strength came back, the balance came back, the flexibility came back, the, the hunger for life came back. And it came back um, in ways where I could never have imagined because when I basically got to the point where I was able to run, jump, climb, um, you know, be free within the body, we just sat down with um, with a family one day and mum just said, look, we've just literally watched a miracle happen. You're independent now. You're looking after yourself. What are you going to do with your life? And I just asked a simple question, what do I love? And this should be the only question that people ask themselves, what do I love? Not what I'm being told to do, not what I must do to fit into a certain group of people. What do I actually love? Mm. Because when you do what you love, time just disappears because you're in that flow state. Mm. So I asked the question, you know, what do I love? And it just came through bigger and stronger than ever. Gymnastics. <laughs> you <laughs> went did. back to it after breaking your back. Oh my God. I didn't even answer the question. And mum just said to me, she goes, you better not be thinking what I think. <laughs> I said, I said, I have to do this. She goes, but what if it happens again? I said, I know how to recover. I said, there's no fear now. I said, there is literally no fear. And cut a long story short, um, we hooked up with this guy, this Bulgarian guy. He was two times world champion. And um, about 18 months after that, I'm standing on the podium being given the gold medal for the English Sports Acrobatics Championships. Oh, my God. What happened through that was, you you know, an understanding of we are so powerful, like so powerful. But the only way we can access that power is to activate ourselves. And most of us are not activating ourselves. We're destroying ourselves every day with the stresses that we take on in life. And like 20 odd years ago, when, um, you know, people were talking to me and they were saying, look, this is amazing. How did you do it? And I start talking about this vibrational universe 20 years ago. People are like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's got a great story, but holy cow, he's a freak. And I had to stop talking about it because people weren't ready for it, where it was now, yeah. 21. And I, and I then went through the, the, the whole entertainment. Um, you know, I started to bring acrobatics to some of the world's biggest shows, you know, but, you know, dealing with people like, you know, bring, you know, bringing acrobatics to like operas at the Royal Opera House bringing acrobatics to shows that were being put on at the Royal Albert Hall, you know, people filling stadiums, 100,000 people, their fans. And my job was to bring acrobatics to these events, working with people like Andrew Lloyd Webber and Richard Branson, you know, really cool people, in, you know, around the world. And what 
happened was, again, you know, I was loving what we were doing. We were really successful. And this was kind of just before Cirque du Soleil really kicked off. So people hadn't seen acrobats in shows. And I was the one bringing acrobats to, you know, TV commercials, pop videos, all this stuff, and loving it. But then all of a sudden, this thing starts to come up within me. And it's like, right, your, your time in the, in the entertainment industry is done now. I'm like, no, 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 wow, I love this. Loving it. This is awesome. Here we your go. little voice at this point. This is your little voice that's kicking in that most people choose to ignore usually. Yeah. And, and I was like, well, what am I meant to be doing? And it was like, you know, you, you're meant to be bringing these teachings to people. And I'm like, oh, God, you know, I got slayed for that. I don't want to go through that. I don't want to be mocked. I've got a really good reputation. People love what I'm doing now. But when you get your, your Wi-Fi connection. Your calling, yeah. Your calling to what you're meant to be doing, um, you can't avoid it. and Or you can avoid it, but then life is going to suck. And the voice gets louder and louder until the universe autocorrects you almost. Yeah, and it's like this quack, 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 and eventually you have to shut the duck up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I listened to it, and, um, you know, before I knew it, um, I was in this world called like, the personal development world, and, um, you know, really learning that, wow, that where people are at, um, it's like we're trapped because of how we've programmed and how we've conditioned ourselves. Mm. And before I knew it, literally almost before I knew it, I'd literally jumped industries from, you know, being in the entertainment world to suddenly being in this world where um, I was going around speaking. And, that, and, you know, that's where we, you and I met, you know, the Yes Group. And I, I was doing all these talks for free, um, just going around, you know, sharing little bits of what I'd learned with people. And I literally just said one day, uh, and it was actually at the Norwich Yes Group, um, and I just said, look, people are saying to me, I should run my own retreats. And I said, you know, we've got a villa over in Spain. Um, I can literally take six people. That's it. It's going to be me and you. No, no other speakers are coming in. Me and you for five days. Um, this is the price of it. This is what we're going to go through. Who wants it? And before I knew it, they were just jumping at me from stage to take them through this process. And I had no way of taking their money. I had no way. I hadn't even put the event together. Mm. And I'm like, oh my God, this is real. This is actually happening. And, and the thoughts are, how am I going to keep, you know, what am I going to give these people in these five days? And when you talked about channeling, just like, you know, with these things, we, uh, you know, we can upload and download, um, uh, you know, things on, you know, on our phones, on our computers, well, as human beings, we're the same. We can upload and download things from the universe depending on what tools, what information we need to learn. And um, cut a long story short, I started to channel stuff um, into these events. And what came through me, um, it just blew my mind. It was like I was being used as a puppet and, and I was open to it. And, so what and, advice would you have? People have listened to you at this interview and maybe they're struggling, you know, they could be going through some mental health issues, they could be having some physical problems. You know, you said activate, you also said, you know, how people can activate themselves. What kind of, can you give us three kind of simple things? Obviously, this is a process and a journey, but maybe three, three things that people can do daily to start them, to turn themselves around, to start this activation process. Okay. So basically. Um, if we're having any stress within the mind, uh, you can't think your way out of that stress. It's, it's totally impossible. You have to get back in the body. And when we're children, um, if you notice, children genuinely are a lot more happier than most adults until they get to a certain age and then they start to dump that stuff in their mind. And what do children do? They're moving all the time. They're climbing, they're crawling, they're that, that jumping, that buddying up with other kids. So the, the first key thing is that you've got to find some type of fun movement, movement that you enjoy every day, not movement that you've got to be motivated to go and do it. Now, that might be something as simple as I'm going to, a song on that you love, sticking yourself in a room where no one can see you and start shaking your tushy like you don't care. Moment. <laughs> <laughs> When you're moving your body in fun ways, our creator installed something within us that we can allow ourselves to, um, re we release these endorphins in the brain and that makes us feel good. Now, I haven't met anyone who um, feels good and is depressed at the same time. So yeah. 
you, so you, you go from the brain and you hand it back down to the body. And it has to be a song that you love because a song, can a song jolt us emotionally, yes or no? Of course, yes. And if, and if it's a song that we love singing along to, even better, when you're dancing and you're singing and you are free, those three and a half minutes will be a game changer. And you've moved the body. Um, and if, they, if, if people can't move their body, a simple thing is to have them just breathe deeply for like literally about two minutes. And a simple thing that, um, like another physical injury that I've done recently when we were making the movie, I, um, I fell about 60 feet down a waterfall and hit this rock at the bottom, snapped my tailbone, it went from a C shape to an L shape. Oh my and God. It went from one, like your tailbone should be straight down the body. And mine went from being straight down the body over to one side. And, and this wrist, the bone totally snapped and was sticking out the side here. So there had to be healing that was done for that. Now, afterwards, I went back to the waterfall. We carried on filming. Um, and, and obviously, they wanted to operate. But before that, um, we had to get the bones back in alignment. And following the next step, the next step, the next step, we found this guy called the Miracle Worker. He basically broke all my bones back into shape. No operation. You know, there's no anesthetic. And I was on stage three days later doing an event in Malaysia for a thousand people. Doesn't make sense for where most of us are at. And one of the key things that I could do, because I couldn't, you know, I could literally lie down and I'm like, and it looks mad. But what's happening is I'm moving the body. I'm breathing. The number one thing that the cells in the body need is um, oxygen. And most of us aren't breathing correctly. Most of us are only using about 20% of our lung capacity. And, um, and that's it. Uh, so number one thing we need is oxygen. And so one of the first things I would say to people do is... Um, Breathe, oxygen, dancing. So get their body moving, get themselves chilling out or get themselves activated that way and get the life force running through them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, Skip, thank you so much. I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation this afternoon. So uh, for those of you who want to know more about Skip, we'll have all the details about what he's up to in the world on our show notes. So yeah, please have a look because he's, as he is, um, doing amazing things, the miracle man. But thank you so much again, Skip, for coming on. I really that, appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay. See you Bye. soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Kitty Talks. Be sure to head over to our kittytalks.com website. Become a member of our exclusive club and you'll get free interviews and access to our private Facebook group. Exclusive webinars and secret success interviews. See you there.